Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Zorianis. I'm your host, I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and I'm a third Don Black Belt. Today's guest is stuntman, action star, martial artist, and professional dancer, Wadi Jones. Wadi Jones began studying the martial arts as a young boy under the care and tutelage of his father on the island of Jamaica. As he got older, he continued his study of the martial arts and began studying his other passion, which was dance. He learned that in both the martial arts and in dance, there is a great synergy as we learn to control our movement and our body. Wadi Jones is an extraordinary young man who has accomplished a lot already in the area of film and television and professional dance. He has become a, an instructor at the International Stuntman School and he has a bright and promising future ahead of him. What is most impressive about Wadi Jones, as you'll see in this interview, is not what he has accomplished, but his mindset, his approach to life, his optimism, and his perspectives on meeting the challenges that face all of us as we live our best Taekwondo life. On today's episode of Taekwondo Life Magazine Live, I have the pleasure of speaking to martial artist, stuntman, actor, and professional dancer, Wadi Jones. Sir, thank you for talking to us, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's really exciting. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Well, I wanted to thank you. So I, I came um, upon your information uh, as we, you know, as, as our research into exciting and potential guests. We found your information through the uh, United States or the U.S. Stuntmen's Association. So that is something that you are um, an, an active member of as a result of your work on the, um, the, the things that you've done. But uh, I noticed there that you, are a, you have a history in martial arts as well as action and stunts. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you get involved in, in martial arts? And tell us a little bit about your training. Okay, so growing up, I was born in I was born in Jamaica, the country. Um, came here when I was young and started training with my dad at around uh, 12 years old. Um, he had a, a second degree black belt in karate when he trained up in Jamaica. Um, I was actually my father's passed, and I was I had never got to ask him exactly what style. Um, or what background it was in, but I trained up with him. We never had the money to get into a dojo or take any type of actual classes. So um, he trained me up as best as he can. I trained up in uh, bow staff and nunchucks and lots of different stances. Um, a big part of my training was he actually didn't let me throw any punches or anything like that for the first year of us practicing. 
And it was a lot about just emotional control and being in, in control of like not letting um, anger, any kind of emotion that, uh, um, have, it, have an effect on the way I dictated my movements or my life. And that, I think, was the best training I ever got outside of throwing a punch or a kick because I was very much in control of how I use my conversation, conversational skills, and my, my body in general. So it allowed me to stay more focused on who I was being rather than, like, what I was doing, which was very powerful. And that kind of branched off into me doing some Taekwondo, and I got into wrestling in high school and then started mixed martial arts from there with some uh, some ground games, some jujitsu, and anything I could pick my hands up on uh, from that point. Wow, it sounds like the foundations of a really interesting, you know, uh, martial arts and martial arts training comes in a variety of of um, style, styles and, and cultural backgrounds. But it sounds to me, you know, there are certain tenets that, that, that come through, that the things that your, your dad was teaching you, particularly about um, the essence of traditional and, and true martial arts, about the discipline and control of yourself and of, and, and of your body and your mind, um, makes me feel that your dad was probably really a, a true martial artist at his core, you know, and, and whether we train in or out of the dojang, it's, it's, it's about the basic principles, you know, not necessarily where you train. Right. And I appreciate you saying that because I, I've always had a thing where I'm like, I wish I could show more accolades about my style and my skill. And I, I can only show it through my movement and the way I, way I am as a person, but my father, because of those things, um, it was. It's been had a very. Martial arts has, has had a very powerful impact on me within the world of my discipline and um, having so much body control, which has allowed me to actually branch off to all the things that I do in the world of movement. It's. It really all started there. Um, like he put. He didn't put rubber nunchucks in my hand. <laughs> he put wooden nunchucks in my hand like the very first time I started training. So it was very much like you learn quickly and the mistakes that are made you just. Um, as fast as possible. And I, I always appreciated that about him. He wasn't, it wasn't, I was never babied in that process. And it took a lot to get to the place that I'm at. And it it is all because of his mentality towards the style and towards martial arts and towards that way of living. Well, that's great. That's great. You're a young guy, but uh, your training is old style and old school. So there's a great respect for that, that we have. So yeah. tell me about how, that transitions into, um, you know, plenty of people who study the martial arts. There are those that study it for hobby, self-defense. Um, obviously, there are those that compete. Um, but your path was, was different. Your path has, has led you, whether directly or indirectly, into uh, movies and stunts and, 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 and dance. Um, tell us how those things came, came about and how those things came to be. So my father trained me for self-defense more than anything else, not to compete. Um, and for the things he started to teach me when he did allow me to throw punches and kicks, I kind of didn't want to use because they're actually really violent and, and built designed for if someone was going to jump you. And all the things were kind of like, ah, well, I can't really use that. And I remember watching like a lot of art martial arts movies with him, like old school movies and, I was curious to like that, like how does you know how does that all stuff that works? And he was telling me how the application was different. So I started to get curious on it, and I then the Jackie Chan came out, and I was like, oh man, like this is so cool! I want to look like be just like this guy. And he, uh, that's when I started to go down the dance path ish, 
where I started to flip off walls and, like, learn how to tumble. And then at that time, we didn't have internet. We had, like, VHS was our option. So me and my brother went to the Bronx and started picking up tapes, like old school martial arts tapes and, and dance tapes, and started practicing breakdancing through a movie called Beat Street. And then we basically, from that point, dance as from the dance perspective, that I ended up being really good at that because I understood my body so well that I picked it up very quickly. And then I got my first breakdancing job at 16 years old, and I've literally been teaching dance since, since then. Um, and then as for the martial arts, that kind of just continued through the movement. I always trained it because it was just kind of became a part of who I was. And um, it branched into more or less parkour slash dance and martial arts. I never really showcased my martial arts. It's just something I had for myself. And then eventually I got a job working for Samsonite doing a, a luggage commercial. They asked me, like, you know, can you run on some rooftops uh, and do a quick little gig? And I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds like fun. I ended up working with a bunch of these big-name stunt guys, and they were like, yeah, you should totally, like, look into the school. And that's where I, how I ended up at the school. I sent a tape of me doing my first martial arts short um, that I that I shot with a friend. I like put some friends together. I shot what I thought looked good, and I sent it to Dave, David Boucher at the school, and he um, he said he loved it and was like, dude, you need to come to our school. And basically he helped me out to get to the school that year. And from that point, like a lot has changed. Well, that's great. That's, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty exciting. And there's a lot there I want to unpack in the limited time that we have. But one of the things that's interesting, um, which I think you provide a, a unique perspective on from the people that we've spoken to, um, is that I've always had the sense that I've, I've never been into, into dance. I've never, I've never had any yeah. kind of dance training, but I've been a martial artist for over 30 years of, of my life. But in watching people that train and dance and move and watching martial artists, I've always felt that there's a great uh, um, synergy there and that people that have a great understanding of one could, given the right set of circumstances, easily adapt to the other. Is that ring true in your in your experience? A hundred percent that's true. And the reason why is with dance – you learn about like footwork. Footwork is very important like, within martial arts. Having being balanced over your core, um, and having a core in the first place, like being able to throw solid kicks without falling over, or um, you know transitioning your footwork to a different direction. All that came through dance. And then not only that, the cool thing that transferred into choreography or for film martial arts for film is that you had to learn choreography. Now now fighting is not just like. A, um, scanning and understanding the other person and then doing what you need to do to want to fight. When it comes to film, you're taught like eight to 12 beats of movement and then you have to remember it and you have to perform it at full speed or full energy. And dance definitely helped me retain choreography very quickly. And then within that, we understand how to apply uh, energy shifts and like weight transfer transfers um, much easier in martial arts because of dance. Well, that's great. That's interesting. That, that's very, very interesting. Um, in my experience, perhaps just because of um, the places that they come out of, uh, and you may have it differently because you're, uh, because you're in a different world, um, I, I don't see a lot of folks that are in the martial arts world 
who get involved in, in, in dance. Is that your experience or, um, or, do, or do you see perhaps a little bit more of that because of the fact that you're with people who, who understand the integration and the crossover better? Um, I, I believe what I see, I'm kind of on the same page as that where I don't see many martial artists transfer over to dance. I think because um, I started with break dancing, which is a kind of like a very flashy, flary style of movement where I transferred from martial arts into that. Um, and there really wasn't like a transfer. Me and my brother like thought it was just cool and we wanted to try it. And the martial art, the breakdancing took more, took more over the martial arts because it started to make me money. But um, I don't really see martial artists step into dances often. A lot of my friends now are the people that I personally train. Uh, always asking my dude, how do you move like that? Or like, how come you have so much control of your body? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I studied dance for a long time. And then those individuals that I see within my own life at least start to take more dance classes, at least more hip-hop or something, something to, like, work out their core and, and find more balance within themselves. That's great. That's great. So now for you to, to go on with your journey, you finished with um, the, the stunt school, and you have training in, in martial arts and dance, and where do you go from there? Because, again, and I don't know that much about – the school's ability to place, but there are many people who, whether it be in the field of entertainment or the field of music um, or in the, the martial arts, who spend a lot of time training but are never actually able to make that first engagement into something um, where it becomes more than just a passion but becomes sort of a way that they can make a living. So, so how did that yeah. um, transition work for you? Um, that's a very, very good question. So what I'm discovering that might be what separates me from someone who continues to train and not really get opportunities and someone who, who does pick up different opportunities is that outside of the context of training, when I, I try my best to network and be in a space where other people can either get to know who I am or um, really just train in spaces where I know that I'll be able to make connections. And it's really about the connections more than anything else. The, the skill sets will come. Like, I've run into people who I thought were not very good martial artists, but I've been able to work with them because we take the time and energy, and I just love who they are as a person. And I feel like my opportunities within the stunt world, within the dance world, um, within everything that I've done has come from who I am and the energy people get from me. And then they get to see, like, oh, my gosh, wow, this kid is really talented, or, oh, he can dance well, or uh, he can actually kick really well, or whatever that might be that they see. They're like, oh, I actually I like them as a person already. Now I see that he has skills, and then they actually want to use me or collaborate or do some type of project together. Um, but it all starts with the first conversation and, and, like, getting to know somebody within their core. And I feel that branches all the way back to the first thing my dad taught me was, you know, it's not about the, the kick of the punch. It's about who, who are people seeing you for and who are you to the community? Well, that's great. That's great. That's very exciting. And, and we talked a little bit about um, prior to this, uh, you know, like our pre-interview, um, I had noticed in your, um, in your resume there that you have done work, that you did work on the, the Netflix Marvel show, Luke Cage, uh, which I was a, a big fan of. I liked uh, a lot about it and, and, um, so tell us a little bit about that, how that came to be, and, and, and what you did on that. Uh, so the Luke Cage project, that came about because I had a network of friends um, in the New York community that uh, were here in New York, and they put my name out there. They, um, they 
gave, sent my name over to the coordinator, and the coordinator of the show basically reached out to me via email and said, hey, we'd love for you to come in, and we just kind of want to see how I move. And I ended up uh, doing a little previs with them, and they, like, really loved the previs, or, like, how I moved on the previs, and then they used me for episode seven, I believe, season two, um, and I got to fight him in a parking garage, and um, fight Luke Cage is, that is in the parking garage, and that that moment was actually really big for me because uh, it was a really big show, obviously on Marvel, and it was one of my first much bigger opportunities. Um, and the, I got asked, um, Alvin Singh asked me like, "Hey, we need you to wreck. We need you to, like hit the ground hard." And it was concrete. And he, I was like, "What do you want me to do?" He's like, "What can you do?" And this was a great moment where I can like pull, go into like my bag, my archive of just movements. And I was able to throw a, something we call the scorpion. And I threw the scorpion, and I remember the coordinator, Matt Mullins, like, sticking his head out from behind the monitor and, like, with a cringy face on and looking at me and asking me if I was all right. And that made me feel really good because that's the whole point. You're supposed to make it seem so real and so vicious that people are like, oh, my gosh. And that now that uh, particular scorpion has been, like, something people talk about and, uh, that's branched off to help me get on, on so many more shows. I got to work on Jessica Jones and recently this past year on a couple of new new movies and other TV shows like Clifford. And so that each moment has allowed something new to present itself as long as I show up powerfully. That's great. That's great. And that's exciting. And I think that, again, it hits on a number of things for those who, who um, especially with the the availability of um, different uh, streaming and media, there are a lot of action programs. And um, yeah. I think that, you know, for, for those of us that watch them, if there's not credibility and if there's not um, realism in the choreography and the choreography is clear, you know, the, the clearly not something that, you know, people feel is genuine, I think that people tune out to to the experience. Mm. I've been talking to uh, director Jesse V. Johnson, and and one of the things I love about his movies with Scott Atkins and with uh, Michael J. White is that he does a lot of work with the, the fight choreography people on um, close shots and realistic fighting, and it isn't you know it isn't this over the top kind of a stuff, but it but it yeah. really has genuine and, and, and I, and, and that's a credit to your industry and a credit to people like you who take that, those, those chances in the, in the stunt world. Yeah. So tell me, uh, tell me about Jessica Jones. So, so you made that transition to that. What role did you play there? And, and, and what was the, um, what type of work did you do on that show? That was another show that I, um, I watched, I came to, to didn't know too much about, but came to after I watched Luke Cage and, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed that show as well during its three seasons. Yeah, so that was really cool. I ended up working on some a short film um, with Aaron Armstrong called Ork Knight, and uh, I ended up getting a, a call to audition, and I sent in my audition tape. It's like a self-tape, and I got asked to, I asked, got asked to do one thing, but the actual job I got hired for was to be a cop. I was a police officer that had to... Um, basically transport one of the bad guys in the show. And then uh, not I didn't fight Jessica Jones, but her friend, I'm forgetting her name, is like Tiffany or something in the show. She she ends up popping out of an elevator and like basically beating up, a, beating up a bunch of us. And I get hit in the face with a gun and then thrown against the wall. And um, that particular gig was, was very simple compared to the Luke Cage fights that I had to do. 
but also that was another moment where I got to get in front of some really important people. And um, just the networking came in again. They they didn't ask for anything huge of me and no big type of movements, but that's what it comes down to also. In the stunt world, people should be okay with, you know, being the guy that takes one hit and hits the ground, but also being capable of being that guy that can do a 14 to 20 beat fight, uh, do fights with people like Scott Atkins and and be able to hold their own. So uh, Jessica Jones, a show like that, you know, there's not huge fights and not huge martial arts. Sure. But um, but they they did a good job at um, you know, David will know he um was a fight choreographer and guys mm-hmm. like him. He also does a good job at creating fights that make sense. And like you were mentioning it before, like people kind of like tune out when they don't feel like it's legit or right. authentic. And um, I feel like they did a good job at making it feel like, okay, this is a fight style that this person would use. Uh, if they are using Muay Thai, they use those specific style of kicks. And, like, it, it, it creates an environment that makes sense rather than it being just some weird fantastical show, um, which has been a great experience. It's great getting to work with those choreographers on that, in that space. That's great. And then so simultaneously while you're doing this kind of stuff and you're doing fight stuff and fight choreography, I see that you ended up as a – a high-level contestant on one of the seasons of a show called So You Think You Can Dance. Tell me a little bit about that. How did that come to be, and how did that relate to this other type of work that you're doing? So the So You Think You Can Dance actually happened before my very first stunt job, and how it all branches together is 16 years old, got my first dance job at a studio. 18, I started working bar mitzvahs, um, teaching at, like doing uh, party motivating on weekends. Uh, 24 years old, I, I auditioned for season seven so you didn't could dance and didn't make it. But I realized I had so much fun that I was like, I really want to try this again. And so the next year, um, this was 2011, I believe, I auditioned again. And then I ended up making the show. I ended up making top 20 as a b-boy on the show. And once again, there was a lot of talented dancers, but what it came down to was who I was. And that's what they were attracted to. They were attracted to, like, this kid is kind of fun. He has a nice smile. Dance-wise, I was, like, you know, not the best, but I could, talk, I could hold my own. And when it came to be a personality, they, they thought that was cool. But with that show, a friend um, saw me on, on the TV show on Fox, and after I was off of it, he called me and said, hey, I saw you on TV. I see you're doing parkour and more, more dance stuff. Can, can you come run on these rooftops with me in Boston? Like, we're doing a short film. And that's where I met those those big name guys, and that's where it opened up that whole world of stunts to me. Because I wasn't even even considering it. I was like, I'm, I was happy doing what I was doing, but um, I ended up having so much fun on that set that I was like, I want to make a transition. And I still teach dance now while I do stunts, but the show basically opened up a whole bunch of new doors for me. Um, being on the television show, having that experience. It's very uh, very interesting and exciting stuff. And you know, uh, Oprah Winfrey always says that you know, people make the mistake of pursuing money and success, but if you pursue what you, what you enjoy and what you're good at, then that will translate automatically with given the right experience and the right, and the right amount of time and the right amount of hard work into money and success. So it sounds to me like you've you set your mind out to, to do these things and that you've managed to um, create a lot of opportunity for yourself based upon your your personality. So tell me now, where, where are we now? Where are we in the year? We've just hit a new year. We've hit a new decade. Um, w- what is in the works for Wadi Jones for 2020 and beyond? 
Okay, I love that question. That's great. What is in the works for Wadi, Wadi Beyond and within 2020? <laughs> so um, let me see if I could put it in a little nutshell, although I'm doing a lot. Like one thing that I'm working on is a, um, a new program called MOVE. It's called Masters of Self-Expression, and it's all about like people that master movement and like what that takes, the hard work that goes into that. And a branch of it is I'm creating a self-learning obstacle course for kids to discover um, what it means to be an extraordinary human being, uh, what it means to be with failure and, and understand what, to, what it takes to be successful, teaches them how to deal with fears and push themselves past what they think they're capable of. Um, it's a very, it's a, it's a nonprofit for profit and it's designed to basically teach these kids very specific life lessons, but they're able to use their bodies to discover and learn about it. That's one thing I'm working on. And another thing, I just started a brand new YouTube page called Guerrilla Warframe with a good friend of mine, Adiola Lau, who's a director. And I talk about the stunt acting side of filmmaking while he talks about being in, behind the camera. And we basically give the audience a multi-sensory um, experience of what it takes to make a film on a budget, but make like a, a good quality film on a budget on being on both sides of the camera. So we just finished our first episode of that, actually, and we're really excited to release that out. And then it's from there, it's more training, more community stuff, just being a part of the stunt community, being a part of the dance community, and really being committed to um, being my word and constantly pursuing the things that I'm passionate about. That's what's, that's what's in store for Wadi Jones. That's great. That's very exciting. And, you know, um, I, I, I can tell that you, you um, are passionate about what you do and you have a very, very clear um, vision. And I think that there are, it's very, very clear to me that as a young person that you have a, a, a lot of uh, maturity and a lot of um, sensibility. And I, I could see down the road um, you being working on fight or dance choreography in, in major motion pictures and things of that nature, if that's the kind of thing that um, you have an interest in. Because, you know, one of the things in speaking to the, some of these stunt people um, in particular is that for, for so many of them, even the ones that are great, is that at a certain point, you know, it's just like in martial arts, right, the body ages, and then we end up at a yeah. certain point where maybe we're not as comfortable to do the things that we've, we've done but with all of the education and all of the knowledge and the communication tools, there's the, the ability to teach and to direct others. And it sounds to me like right. you're well on your path to that type of a, of a life, if that's the kind of stuff that interests you. Yeah, just quickly on that, uh, my path has been very interesting that I'm thinking back at it and talking about it. I end up, when I went to the school in 2011, Dave offered me a job literally that day, uh, like one of the days there for, to teach the next year. I don't know if you knew about that, but I, that's Dave's like glory story. He says, I was the only student to go through the school one year and then get hired the next. And that's kind of, that's because of the teaching skills I picked up. And I feel like, yeah, in the future, I definitely am naturally on that path of either becoming a coordinator or somebody that can like, you know, continue to teach their craft even after I'm no longer able to do it. And that seems to be the natural transition. And, and that's the thing for me. I, you said it earlier, it's about, you know, your passion. And I love teaching. I love sharing knowledge. I love growing. And I feel like as long as I stick to that and not worry about what kind of financial gain I get from any one of those paths, I'll end up doing the things that I'm meant to be doing. So, yeah. Well, that, that's great. That is really great. In the interest of time, as we wind down, 
Um, I want to give our listeners an opportunity, and I had mentioned to you earlier, so you'll send me some of the links and we'll put them in the, um, in the show notes. But tell me what is the best way for people that are interested in following the, the life and career of uh, Wadi Jones? How, how can they get in, in touch with, uh, is it through social media, a web page? You mentioned your, the YouTube channel. Is that, is that live yet or is that something that's coming? Tell me about where people can, can find out more about you and, and what you're up to. Um, right now, the best way to find out more about me and what I'm up to is, is with social media. I use Instagram probably the most, and Instagram and Facebook. As for YouTube, that's a brand new thing. That page is not running yet. We've shot our first episode, and we're releasing it on Monday. Um, so that'll be up soon, too. That That's called Guerrilla Warframe, and my Instagram is uh, just at Wadi Jones. That's my name. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll, and we'll post all of that. And actually, if you send me after it, because by the time, um, in the time period b- between when you and I are speaking and when this episode is posted, we'll, that, that t- deadline will have passed for your, your uh, YouTube. So it'll be live. So we'll be able to um, okay. post that with, with the show notes as well. So that's, that's great. So, uh, why did you, I want to thank you for talking to us today to the, the people of Taekwondo Life magazine all over the world. Um, you are a, uh, an interesting and inspiring person, and, and I, I really do feel that you have a great energy and you have a great outlook on life, and I hope that never changes. Uh, and, I, and I really want to thank you for sharing a little bit of your life and experience today with us, and, and thank you for talking to Taekwondo Life magazine. Yeah, I want to acknowledge you guys for you know, creating such a really cool platform for people to, you know, explore themselves and be able to share themselves and for the community, the whole entire community to come together in one place. So thank you guys for creating that. And thank you for having me on this, on this interview. It's been really cool to uh, have this conversation and, and share this, this information with you guys. Well, great. Well, we look forward to following your, your, I'm sure your much success in the future and, and we, we, we will certainly be reporting on it. So Buddy Jones, thank you very much and have a wonderful day. You too. You too. Thank Good you. Day. With spending time in training and working on the podcast and the magazine, it is difficult for me sometimes to get out to the store or the supermarket. And when that occurs, I always rely on Instacart. A friend of mine introduced me to Instacart about a year ago, and it has really changed the way that I shop. I go on the computer or on my phone. I have multiple stores to choose from in the neighborhood. I can select all of my products for delivery and it'll give me other alternative products based upon my preferences. And it's really, really a helpful tool towards making your life a heck of a lot easier. No more worrying about trying to find parking at the supermarket or standing in line at the checkout counter. You can just do all of it from your computer. It'll help you save money by giving you suggestions on deals and by providing you alternative products and shoppers will hand select your products they'll bag them up neatly and that they'll deliver them within a specified delivery window i have never had a problem with the products the groceries or the service from instacart and if you follow the show notes and you let instacart know that we sent you They'll provide you free delivery on your first order of over $35. I highly recommend it, and I think that it, for me, has been one of the life-changing services that I've gotten involved with. I'm not a guy who does a lot of internet shopping, but this is something I don't like to be without.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.